What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, as always, Eli Cooper, and I'm joined by my guy, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Badzik. How's it going today, man? What's going on, man? It's going great. LeBron is a champion again, uh, so we are all happy right now. And you know what? I got to say, last year the Raptors won. This year LeBron wins. (laughs) I got to say, like, I think that all of my teams are just always going to win from now on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, it's 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 a good thought. Maybe I guess you've had two decent years, I guess. Although I don't know that we should really give you credit for this one because you said that LeBron wasn't the best player in the playoffs anymore. Well, you and Todd both came on here and said on this podcast. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think you're in the role LeBron hater class. Okay, relax, relax. <laughs> never that, never that, never that. All right. Well, we got some a bunch of topics to get into, uh, starting with we'll get to the NBA Finals, talk about week five of the NFL, a tweet that you guys saw come from my account that sent everyone <laughs> into a frenzy. Uh, we're going to address it all today. Uh, but before we do, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh and uh, if you're watching on Facebook, you can find our channel uh, link on our All In Network page. Uh, so go ahead, make sure you hit that subscribe button uh, while you're tuning in. And throughout the show, make sure you leave comments, uh, likes on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, but if you leave a comment, we'll show it up on the screen for everyone to see um, throughout the show. Uh, give us your thoughts on whatever we're discussing, or if there's a topic you want us to cover, Uh, Leave it in the comments and we'll address it later in the show. So first things first. Lakers are NBA champions. The first time uh, since Kobe and uh, Kobe led Lakers team won it in 2010 against the Celtics. Uh, The Lakers finally get that 17th chip uh, to tie up with Boston for most in NBA history. Uh, And this time they are led by the best player in the league. Arguably the best player of all time, the best of all time, in my opinion, LeBron James, who captures his fourth finals MVP as well. Yep. Uh, Lakers win the series 4 2. I mean, the Heat made them sweat. They made them work like we expected. Uh, Lakers won in six, as I predicted, not to toot my own horn. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Lakers, I mean, the Heat made them work. Yeah. You know, I would think not in the last game. But, uh, you know, they certainly made the they certainly made the Lakers sweat in this series. So let's talk about the heat first. Um, You know, let's talk about the season that they had, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we should give them some credit. Right. For how far and what they accomplished this season. Yeah, we absolutely should give them a lot of credit for what they accomplished this season. I don't think uh, coming into the year when we looked at the Eastern Conference, it probably was the Bucks and the Celtics. I think the Sixers were getting a ton of love. Um, and really the Heat were kind of, you know, a fringe team. I think everyone kind of looked at them and said, oh, I like that roster. That could be a tough team. That could be a tough out in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but, but certain guys just ascended to levels that we were not expecting. Tyler Hero really made a name for himself. Um, as far as, you know, best rookies this season, he obviously is going to go right towards the top of that list. Um, and Duncan Robinson, who was fantastic in Game 5, um, game six, he was really good again. He is a lot more than just a spot-up shooter. The way they use him in action is, is really impressive, and he knocks down shots. Um, if, if any amount of breathing space, he's going to knock it down. Um, and Jimmy Butler, that's probably the biggest thing, right? Um, yeah. You know, kind of vindicated, kind of, you know, we have to look at him differently now. I know uh, Nick Wright was sending out some uh, sat- sarcastic tweets about we should knock him for this because he lost in the finals and that's what people yeah. LeBron. Uh, but I think, <laughs> but but in all seriousness, I think you know there's probably a lot of guys out of the playoffs, and this happens every year that we look at differently yep. based on what happened in the playoffs. And you know Jamal Murray is going to be one that we look at differently. Um, Donovan Mitchell is going to be one we look at differently. And the biggest one is probably Jimmy Butler. And we talked about this before about you know ranking him higher than James Harden on guys we'd want I can't imagine that we would have seen 
you know, more than five other guys put on that type of performance that we saw in game five and as well as in game three, uh, where he really was going toe-to-toe to LeBron in LeBron uh, fashion. Now, this is the difference between him and LeBron and LeBron and really anybody else is that, you know, last night he just couldn't keep it up. Yeah. Um, you know, he was exhausted after game five. He played 47 minutes in game five. He was extremely tired. And it showed. And LeBron really did a nice job defensively on him as well. I think putting Caruso into the starting lineup was one of the biggest things uh, to help with just the defense as a whole. But back to the Heat and and how we view them now, I think going into next year, right, we probably are thinking of them as a top two or three team. And, you know, as far as all of the teams, I think they have just as good a chance as anybody in the East to get back to the finals. Yeah, um, they're they're one of the most well constructed teams, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're like one secondary like player away, um, and maybe they already have that guy in Tyler Harrow. He wasn't good in this series, but like again, he's a rookie at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, I don't know how much how long you can wait for him to develop into that guy. Um, so, and I don't know what the free agency market is looking like other than Giannis in 2021. Um, but the trade, trade for Giannis. Right, that's what I was going to say, is that the trade market has some guys out there. I don't love Giannis with this Heat team, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they have Bam and Jimmy Butler, who don't necessarily space the floor. I think that would be a nightmare. I would like Chris Paul. I love um, that. Which is actually someone who they, you know, kind of flirted with before the season started, right? Um, yep. Now you probably have to move. Iguodala's contract and but I'm, I'm, they can certainly make that work mm-hmm. um, where they can bring in a guy like Chris Paul I think he'd be a perfect fit and like don't get me wrong I, I like Dragic and he played really well but like I, Chris Paul's better than Goran Dragic and yes. really if you can bring a guy like Dragic off the bench well you probably can't with that contract but you know Chris Paul is certainly a better fit I would think and mm-hmm. he's better on both ends of the floor um, and gives them an additional facilitator and him and Bam pick and roll you know, offense would be pretty yeah. lethal. So I, I'd love to see something like that happen um, in that case. But, you know, to get back to the heat, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's something to be said, especially for a team that, uh, you know, when Jimmy Butler left, I was like, okay, cool. He went there. He's not ever going to win a championship. <laughs> um, we got a solid player back for him in that trade, uh, sign and trade, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he took a group of underrated dogs to the finals. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think this is a testament to when you're building a team, it's not really about the names, right? It's about the type of players that you're developing. Like you want to have as many multi-dimensional players as you can, mm-hmm. uh, guys who can shoot, pass, and dribble on the offensive end, and then also defend on the defensive end, um, you know, and they have, I think, one of the best balances of that. If you ask me, from a depth perspective, their roster is better than the Lakers. The problem is they don't have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Right. <laughs> when the other team has those two guys, you're you're in for a long night. Um, and I guess that's the perfect segue into talking about the this Lakers team mm-hmm. uh, in general. Like when you really look at this roster, it's not good um, by no. by any means. Uh, really, it's it's bad. Um, they but they you know they got excellent production out of Rondo and Dwight Howard throughout the year in the postseason. Um, so there's something to be said about that. Those guys who were on minimum vet minimum contracts mm-hmm. outplayed Danny Green and and other guys that were getting millions, you know, on their roster. But uh, that was key for them. They had veteran guys who have been there before, um, and I think that mattered down the stretch. But like overall, it's it's not a good roster, um, and it it you know the question has to be asked, you know what do they do when LeBron leaves this roster? You know what I mean? Like it's looking like Anthony, Anthony Davis is talking about running it back already. I'm yeah, pretty but when, sure. But when does LeBron leave? 2030. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the other question, right? Is like, it's, it's strange because we really don't know when LeBron's going to leave because he doesn't even look like he's close to retirement age, but like yeah. he could just at, at eventually, if he wins it again next year, he could just say, uh, you know, I think I've done about all I can do. You know what I mean? Like, well, and hang, no, and hang it up if, if you want. Ne- if he wins it next year, 
He has to go for six, right? He's got to go for six. Yeah. And if he gets six, he's got to go for seven. I think now he's looking at it and thinking, eh, yeah. I really want to solidify this case, which, which me and you agree he already has won this case. But if he wants to solidify it, leave no debate, right. um, you know, he could stick around. He's the best player in the league, right? Yeah. Like, what other sport, what other moment in sports history have we talked about the best player retiring? And yeah, as he's the best player, right? Like, right. where it isn't a shock. So, like, Jordan retired after 98, where it was kind of a surprise. And it right. wasn't age or basketball related so much as it was organization related. And then he ended up coming back because he wasn't, you know, that old or anything. Right. Um, and wasn't great. But, you know, LeBron is the best player in the league right now. I think they're looking at it next year. There are serious holes on this roster, right? Like, you mentioned all of the pieces that probably aren't that great. Um, you know, but KCP stepped up, right? KCP stepped up. Danny Green obviously was having a terrible finals, played okay last night. Um, and Caruso was the biggest one. You know, Caruso was sitting at about a plus 30. Um, they inserted him into the starting lineup for Dwight, who ended up playing pretty much nothing besides the garbage minutes at the end to say he was on the uh box score and hit that deep three. Right. Um, but you know, Caruso was really the difference in a close game and a Lakers blowout because what he brings on the defensive end um, just helps them so much. Now, I think um, obviously this was a terrible game for Miami, so maybe it doesn't matter that much. Maybe they lose anyway, but that's something that we talked about last time on this podcast was how good the Lakers defense was all year. That's kind of their identity, right? That was their identity all year was the defense and it kind of stopped getting talked about in the playoffs so much. Um, but that's what they were, a defensive team. That's why they brought in Frank Vogel instead of Ty Lue or whoever else they were thinking about bringing in because he's a defensive coach. Uh, and they were unbelievable. So I think if you looked at it from a Laker perspective, right, if I'm if I'm Rob Polink, I'm probably looking at this roster and thinking um, the league is going to get better next year, right? We're assuming the Warriors are going to be healthy. Um, we are assuming that Brooklyn is going to be healthy we are looking at the Clippers as a team who's not typically going to lose in the second round. Um, and we're also looking at other teams who are going to be improving, right? Like, you know, as far as teams in the West who I think are going to be better next year, there's quite a few, right? I have to yeah. think Dow- Dallas is probably going to be one of the best teams in the league. Um, I can't imagine Portland is going to have as poor a season as they had this year if they all stay healthy, right? So, like, there's going to be good competition in the West next year. I think, you know, if you're stagnant, you're you're losing right like you always have to be getting better so what do you do is it shooting uh i don't know i mean danny green's probably not going to be there next year i imagine i think he was on one year ago maybe he's got a second year option there okay so he'll probably be back making a ton of money so it makes it tough to move pieces yeah Um, but but really shooting is the thing right like now the problem is they don't have many assets because they gave them all the way for anthony davis (laughs) so you know you look at a guy like you know brad beal who's someone that they would want to make a move for and, you know, we always talk about salary cap and do these guys have enough assets to make the trade. But, like, at the end of the day, when guys want a guy, they make it work, right? right. Like they yeah. find a third team. They find oh, the money somehow. They go into the luxury tax, and they make it work. So I think, you know, you're probably looking at trade options. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. Like, and, and to talk about this roster, it kind of also shows that, like, you know, I, and I don't know all of the stats and all of his finals appearances, but, like, to me, this was probably LeBron's best finals ever. Really? Well, think about it. I mean, look at the supporting cast, right? So we had Anthony Davis, which, which you know, I think is probably, you know, this version of Anthony Davis is probably the best teammate, one teammate he's ever had. But the rest of the roster is really bad. Um, and, like, not to mention that, but, like, LeBron was the primary defender uh, on Jimmy Butler. So he came into game six and said, I'll take the man. I'll guard Jimmy Butler, guard him super well. Uh, totally contained him. And, like, he shot 57%. He led the team in points, assists, rebounds, even with Anthony Davis. And I think ultimately, like, this was the biggest, um, you know, leadership role for him, looking at the guys around him, where, you know, I think even in 2016, obviously, it probably be the other one where he, he's taking on that huge role in those Heat teams. You know, he had D. Wade with him. He had Udonis Haslam with him. Uh, I think mean, Cleveland – you know, that was that was probably the other time, but with this roster, 
and the way that he played consistently too. I mean, he did not have a bad game in this series. I mean, the two games that he lost, he was unbelievable, right? Game five was yeah. probably his best game and they lost. Uh, and that shows you what he was dealing with around him. So to win it with this team, I think is probably, I, I would have it as his best finals ever. I, that's a, that's a strong argument. There's not a lot of holes in that. Especially when you, like you said, when you factor in the efficiency and like he really right. didn't, even in some of his best fine and some of his other best finals, which is like 2018. Um, a lot of people love to talk about 2016. Sure. Like 2016, he was bad in game four. You know what I mean? So, uh, and his shooting percentages were awful. This time he was, he was great for all six games. Um, he shot it incredibly well. He right. did step it up on the defensive end. That, that's the certainly matter. And they won. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to put like 2015 and 2018, like, yeah, 2018, he was averaging a, you know, 35 triple, 35 point triple double, and it was unbelievable, but they lost the series. Like, it's hard to put that yeah. ahead of, you know, a winning season. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So let's talk about LeBron's legacy a little bit since we're kind of already there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like we mentioned, if, if he, you know, with this being his fourth, yeah. Obviously, if he gets one next year, he's got to come back for six and and possibly seven. But uh-huh. as it is now, um, you know, me and you have been pretty vocal that LeBron's the best player of all time. Yes. Um, so let me ask you this question that I didn't prepare you for. Nice. Reverse. <laughs> I love it. Which is more difficult? Winning all of your titles with one team. So you talk about Kobe and and Mike and Bill Russell. You know, a lot of guys do win their championships all with one team. Multiple. Yeah. We'll say we'll say three or more championships with one team, or winning four with three different franchises. So I think it depends on when you win them with the first team. So so if it's stretched out, or and if you know if it's the same team, but it's three completely different rosters. I think that probably is harder than little like, unfortunately, what Michael Jordan did. And it's six out of eight years, and it's a lot of the same guys, and you're just clearly the best team in the league, and you keep on winning it because you are. Right. Uh, but I would say that winning four on three teams is more impressive because, you know, not only is it winning four on three teams, right? Because you could probably do that, and it wouldn't be that impressive, right? So, so for instance, like, and I hate to bring this up to you, but like, so if Kevin Durant, he won two with the Warriors, right? Right. Goes to Brooklyn. He goes with Kyrie. He's going to get a ton of credit for if they win in, in Brooklyn, right? Say he wins one in Brooklyn, and then he goes, um, you know, something happens. He goes to the Lakers and plays with LeBron, or he goes and plays with um, whoever, an already stout team. Well, like, that's probably less impressive, right? But if you look at where these teams are that LeBron joined, yeah. Okay, so if you look at the Heat before he joined – they hadn't won a playoff series in four years. If you look at the Cavs, obviously they were the worst team in the league before he came back and he won a championship with them. If you look at where the Lakers were, they've been bad since about 2013. Uh, so to win a championship with them, like, I just think like, you know, and it's, and the thing is too, like he takes these projects and, and you might look at him from the outside and think, well, that's a huge rebuild, right? Like yeah. they have nothing. Like, like the, the Lakers before he got there, I mean, that was one of the worst rosters in the league. You're talking about Carlos Boozer, Jeremy Lin, Wesley Johnson. Like, who are these guys? Uh, and, and while they did do a nice job drafting and developing a, a little bit of young talent there that were, was able to be moved and get them pieces in order to get Anthony Davis eventually, the roster LeBron walked into was not good, right? So I think if you're looking at it, even with those young guys, I think you're looking at this and you're thinking, you know, for these guys to be – NBA title contenders. You're looking at a two, three, four year period before anybody else besides LeBron is ready for this, right? And what do they do? They win the championship in the second year he's there, right? Yeah. Like similar with the Cavs, even. Like you look at Kyrie Irving, and, you know, was he seen as someone who was ready to be the second best player on a championship team? Probably not. No, no, no. Um, especially in that, in that time where you needed those two guys. Uh, and LeBron did it. So so I think, um, you know, the way that he does it, you know, I probably would say four on three teams is the most impressive that we've seen. Four finals MVP, you know, it's not like, you know, like Kareem won a finals MVP later, or he won a championship later, but he didn't get the finals MVP. Like, to be the best player 
on four different finals teams, three different franchises. Uh, it's just he's so transcendent. I, yeah. He's the, he's the best ever. Yeah, I agree, actually. Um, it's the, and I was kind of thinking about this early on. Um, I think over t- at first I was kind of like, it seems harder to win it with one team, right? When you look at like, uh, Kobe mm-hmm. won five, but in 20 years, um, and he went to seven finals in 20, I mean, it's 13 years of his career. He didn't go to the finals. Um, you know, or when you look at Mike, um, I think Mike played 15 years or something like that. Right. And won six out of them. Right. So like most people don't go to the finals for over half of their career. Well, right. LeBron's been in the finals. What is it? Is it 10 times? 10. This was his 10. This was yeah. the 10th, right? Yeah. So yeah. 10 times out of 17. Like the only person who's even in that stratosphere for appearances is Bill Russell. And there were eight teams in the league at that right. time. Right. He had a 20. I mean, he had a 13% chance of, no, 25% chance of getting to the finals every year just off of, you know what I mean? There only being eight teams. Mm-hmm. But when you, like you said, when you, when you actually look at it though, um, you know, in how even though LeBron, I don't want to say jump ship, but the, even though he's gone to three different teams now and really moved four times, yep. um, each time he's gone to a place where that team wasn't necessarily prepared to win. Now, they were able to form the necessary talent around him to mm-hmm. win in all of those cases. But essentially, all of those franchises were literally in the finals the next year and won it in this in year two of LeBron being there during, during all of those moves. And that, you know what I mean? To me, that matters. Um, You know, especially when uh, you're talking about whether it's harder, like when it comes in, when you factor in team chemistry, like even though these guys are good, that doesn't mean the pieces fit, right? He even kind of learned that their first year together. Um, You know, even though the, you know, LeBron and AD are really good together, the rest of those pieces had to figure it out. So, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily easy yeah. for those pieces to start to fit. And then they had to figure out, well, is AD better at the four? Is he better at the five? How can we best complement these two pieces? Because LeBron's never played with a big man like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or when you look at his time at the Heat, like LeBron was LeBron was really designed to be around shooters, right? You always want to mm-hmm. put shooters around LeBron. Well, playing with another flashing guard like D-Wade was a difficult adjustment. Yes. So, you know what I mean? Those are those are underrated things that we don't talk about with how him switching through these teams. Obviously, very talented players will figure it out eventually. But with how quick they did it, um, there's something to be said about that. Um, yes. And and there's difficulty in that, in my opinion. Um, now, it's no knock on anyone who wins it with one team. Uh, that's incredibly hard, too, because you have to go through rebuilding phases and right. um, things like that, you know. And let until your team really hits that peak. Um, but if you look at someone like Kobe, you know, where he was in the shadows for the first three, not in the shadows, but kind of the one B, right. Instead of being the, the one mm-hmm. a option, he had to go through a rebuild of two really bad seasons before, you know, they, they were finally able to get Pau Gasol and put them back to a championship level. And then after that, they were really bad again. You know what I mean? After they were their their run ended, you know, so um, that's hard to do when you have to stay with one team, but it's also hard switching around. Um, and to me, the fact that he was able to do it three different times, all within a two-year span, to me, um, is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, some people don't agree. But, <laughs> that's okay. but and listen, I think you know the people who do say you know Jordan is the go, like being a lifetime Wolf fan from from your dad there, and but most people are not going to change their mind. Right. Like most right. people, 90 percent of this side, you know, it's you know, you hate to equate it to politics, but Joe Biden and Donald Trump are running all of the <laughs> campaign ads in the world. It's a small percentage of people who are still up in the air and are willing to change their mind no matter what happens. Right. Like right. we've seen this with with Trump. He has done quite a few things that we have said, oh, that might be it. That might be the thing that gets people to leave his side. Well, we've seen LeBron do things over and over again, and we think. That might be the thing to get people to to change their mind from Jordan to LeBron. Most of the time, it's not going to happen. We're kind of that's just you know we're humans. We we have our opinions and we stick to it. And we don't really like change either. We don't really like the new kids on the block uh, taking it. And you know part of it, you know, you could talk about more psychological things like 
the era you were in in life during uh, that time. We tend to associate yeah. better things to when we were younger, right? So, of course. Um, so that, that plays into it too. Uh, but I also think, you know, going back to switching teams and LeBron, you know, could he have, you know, if he would have stayed with Cleveland his entire career, right? And you, know, and you look at everyone who stayed with that team and we say, oh, they stayed with one team and they did it. Well, like most of the time, in fact, every time, that team has done a really good job of putting pieces around them, right? So, right. so you talk about Jordan. Obviously, he probably had the best supporting cast of any superstar ever. Um, and and even you talk about, you know, Magic, Kareem were together. You know, Bird had McHale and Parrish, um, and Danny Ainge and and DJ, and you know, then Kobe. You know, obviously he had Shaq. They didn't win for a while there until they got him Pau Gasol and then, you know, they were winning again. Right. So, so Mm -hmm. franchises, you know, if they want that guy to win there forever, they have to put pieces around him. Cleveland didn't do that. Right. Seven years for seven years. They did not do that. So he left. Now, if they would have done that, even, even to a smaller degree than what everyone else did for their superstars, he probably is going to win four chips eventually in Cleveland. Right. He's the best player in the league. This is his 13th year in a row being the best player in the league, probably. Probably since 2007 when he had that Detroit game. is probably when he took the throne um, as the best player in the league. So he probably is going to win four chips if you give him something. Cleveland didn't give him anything that first time around, right? And they probably are thinking to themselves, well, you know, he's one of the best players ever. He doesn't want to have this. Uh, reputation of switching teams because we hadn't seen that before in guys who were, you know, destined to be some of the best. They really didn't switch teams. I mean, you can look yeah. to some cases, you know, uh, Kareem forced his way out, um, you know, but really there, there hasn't been that much um, as far as like the best guys ever but, uh, in terms of switching and leaving. When he left, he kind of sent the message of, you have to give me something. Right. And then when he went back, to Cleveland, they did get him something, and he ended up winning there. Uh, so maybe you know he he wins it anyway, even if he doesn't. I probably I think he does. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kyrie doesn't get to Cleveland though if LeBron yeah. doesn't leave because yeah. they don't they don't ever get the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And actually, Kevin Love never gets there because they don't get Andrew Wiggins right, right. Or, and another number one pick. So you know maybe he kind of did them a favor um dan gilbert didn't see it that way but (laughs) (laughs) uh so enough about lebron should we talk about should we talk about the tweet let's talk about the tweet let's talk about the tweet okay that was a good tweet (laughs) so if you're if you're uh if you're watching on facebook i don't know if you also have twitter um but a tweet was sent from my account today that i did in fact tweet you did and if you're watching right now on the live, you can see it on your screen. Or if you're watching the replay, you can see it on your screen here. For audio listeners, here's what it said. DeMar DeRozan is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. <laughs> if you put Jordan in today's era, he would be he would just be DeMar DeRozan. If DeMar played in the 90s, he'd be mm. the best player of all time. Yep. And man, let me tell you. I <laughs> crazy on you. No one, no one agreed with this whatsoever, like in any way, shape, or form. Old heads, younger people, no one agreed. One person was so upset at this tweet. Um, and <laughs> let me let me just say, so when I initially uh, when I when I sent this out, I knew mm-hmm. people were gonna get upset about it. So I just told everyone to watch the pod today for this specific yes. moment. So if you watch the pod, I'll explain, it'll all make sense. One guy said, No, I don't like giving the rate, I don't like giving ratings to idiots. Okay. <laughs> First of all, rude. <laughs> right he, now, he deleted the tweet before I could really even <laughs> respond to it. Um, but here's the reason for the tweet. Okay, if you didn't, obviously these funny. people did not watch the last podcast. Um, yes. But this is the tweet that the Eagles forced me to send by losing to mm-hmm. the Steelers by nine points. We had a bet that uh, the Eagles wouldn't lose by more than six and a half. It was looking really good until the Steelers scored that last touchdown um, and ended up winning by nine. So because I lost that bet, Mike had to type out or got to type out one tweet uh, where he could say whatever he wanted and I had to post it. And this was the tweet. <laughs> this is it, guys. Yeah, that was a good tweet. So wait, is this, a, is this an actual debate? Do I get to make the case for DeMar DeRozan? Um, yes, because this is actually your <laughs> thoughts. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Well, listen, and, and I don't know. 
if this is true. All I'm saying is, okay, Michael Jordan was a 6'6", 198-pound small forward who drank and smoked cigars pretty much all day and night, okay? Oh, Listen, man. I'm sure that if he was, you know, maybe probably if he lived in this era, he might have better dedication to his body, right? But he didn't do that, okay? Yeah. Um, DeMar DeRozan is a 6'6", 220-pound small, uh, small forward slash shooting guard. So he's got a little more muscle on him, right? They play a similar style. Okay, I think DeMar DeRozan kind of crafted his game after the MJ, Kobe types. Okay, neither one of them could really shoot threes that well. Okay, Jordan was a 32% shooter. DeRozan was about a 29% shooter. So that wasn't a part of their games. Uh, I think DeRozan is a... No, I can't do it. Jordan's probably better. <laughs> Jordan's probably better. I'm just saying, though, DeMar DeRozan fits the 90s style a lot better, and I'm not sure how MJ fits into today's style. Okay. Well, that's an awful argument. Thanks for blowing up my Twitter today. Wow. Hopefully it worked. Hopefully it got us <laughs> some additional views. Um, and, you know, I, I had that lined up ready to go before, before was, we even made the bet. Really? Because I had no idea what I was going to make you tweet. So that's, uh, I don't know. That was a good one, though. It was it was better than I expected. Yep. So that is a great transition into talking about the game that cost me uh, or forced that tweet to be sent uh, onto your timelines, which is the Eagles versus Steelers. Yeah. Um, Eagles were in this one, man. It was a pretty yes. back-and-forth affair. Uh, Steelers pulled away and won the Battle of PA uh, by nine. Um Love Chase it. Claypool apparently is the best receiver ever. So go ahead, <laughs> go brag, talk well, about how good the Steelers are. The thing about Chase Claypool too is like it's the Steelers, man. Like they just draft receivers like nobody else in league history has drafted receivers the way they do. You just think of the guys they've taken in the mid to late rounds in the past five to seven years, like Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Mike Wallace had a great run when he was there. Martavius Bryant was fantastic. Juju, uh, and now Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, like. They just know how to draft receivers. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, they look for guys who are a little bit under the radar, and they almost always hit. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger has a lot to do with that. Uh, now, I, I, there, I think there was some things with this game that you watched it as a Steeler fan, and you thought that might be a little bit troubling. I think um, coming into this year and even the first couple of weeks, I thought a lot higher of our pass defense than what we yeah. showed. Uh, that secondary really could not cover anybody. And when you talk about the receivers and tight ends that were cooking them, for the Eagles, it wasn't exactly household names. Um, the tight end who had 10-plus catches I had never heard of before this week, really. Um, but I, think, I, I think the Steelers probably are the better team. right? I think the better team won this game. But it was yeah. close. It was, it was a close, and you know, they ended up winning by, I think, 11 or 9. Uh, it was 9, yeah, 38-29. And, uh, but really, you know, it could have gone either way, you know, a break either way. And this is this is an even matchup, so I think it's promising for both teams, right? I think the Steelers show that their ability to win a close game, uh, and the Eagles show that they can hang with these really good teams even on the road. So I I don't know if I were an Eagles fan, I probably am thinking more positively than negatively about them after that game. I was, especially right. with how good the offense looked yeah. uh, against such a strong defense. Um, you know, Miles Sanders had a, a big run early mm -hmm. on in that game, ended up scoring two touchdowns altogether. Um, and Wentz looked pretty good, yeah. I would say, when especially when he wasn't, he was under constant pressure, but when he wasn't under pressure, he looked really good. Like, yeah. I think he's starting to find his rhythm again, um, in the last couple of games. And I don't know, maybe he just likes throwing the practice squad receivers. Maybe. I don't know. You know, he certainly likes throwing the ball to Greg Ward. Um, yeah. you know, I think. I think that's someone who should be playing regardless of who's healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was an encouraging game because I didn't really expect us to win it. Uh, like you said, the better team did win this game mm -hmm. as they should. Um, I'm glad we didn't get blown out and I'm glad we, um, you know, put up a fight and really had a chance to win it. If you ask me, yeah. um, you know, late down the stretch. So, you know, we're still, you know, in the hunt for this NFC East, title challenge and i this game gives me more hope yeah. that we will win it well i think i think you have to be the favorite right now right i, think I would say so this will transition us probably to our next topic here but i i think the eagles have to be the favorite just based on the quarterbacks in this division for the rest of the year 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would probably take the Eagles right now. I know I took them before the year. That got a little shaky, uh, but yeah. I, I would take them. Yeah, and that, that is a perfect segue into talking about the other team in the NFC East. Uh, you know, the Cowboys did, you know, come up with a late win uh, mm-hmm. against the Giants, uh, ended up winning by a field goal in a shootout like we expected. Um, Gallup made a huge catch down the sideline, put them yeah. in field goal range. Um, and they were able to, you know, pull off the win. Um, but it came at a cost. Dak Prescott, uh, had a dislocated and fractured ankle. He's oh. going to be out four to six months. His season is, is over. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's one of the worst things that could possibly happen. Uh, and, and here's why not just, not just for, not for the Cowboys per se. Well, yes, mm-hmm. for the Cowboys, but for Dak Prescott. Because, yeah. And and this is the biggest problem that I have with the NFL. Um, and and I want to say this and, and be clear that Jerry Jones is the worst owner in all of sports. Just the the worst guy ever. Mm. The worst ever. Um, he and there's a reason that they haven't won anything since Jimmy Johnson left. Um, it's because he, he's a prick. If we're being honest, like there's there's no reason Dak should be out here playing on the franchise tag this year. Like what else could did he possibly have yeah. to do? You know what I mean to get to get paid. And now, and again, I want the I think the franchise tag should be abolished after this. I agree. I agree. Um, that needs to be abolished because it's criminal. Yeah. But uh, now, you know, Dak Prescott is never going to see the money that he should have for the first five games of this season, um, or or four games, I should say. He was arguably the best quarterback in the league. Um, just from a numbers perspective, right? Yeah. Like he was on pace to throw for a million yards yeah. and a hundred touchdowns. Like he was playing really, he was playing incredibly well, but he had a crap defense because Jerry Jones decided to draft CD lamb in the first round, just to stick it to the Eagles rather than really addressing their needs and things like that. Now, granted they've had injuries on that side of the ball, but that defense is atrocious and he refuses to address it. Which is really yes. what Dak Prescott needs is the def- is a defense. That offense is perfectly fine. Uh, so not only is he did he not do that, but he he refused to pay his franchise quarterback. And now, uh, oh, but and he had no problem kicking out pretty big money for a backup in Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and look what happened. You know, so it's just it's awful, man. Um, the franchise tag needs to go. Um, it. It's it's criminal if you ask me because things like this happen. Uh, you know, if when I go back and, and look at the Le'Veon Bell situation, like granted, he may not have gotten paid as much as like whatever initial offer he got, um, you know, from from the Steelers at that yeah. time. Um, but he got the he did end up getting a long term extension, and he didn't get you know if if something like this had happened to him, he especially at the running back position, he probably doesn't ever. Yeah, uh, you know, Stephen Jones came out and said that like Dak's still a part of their future, but like the opportunity of him getting a forty million dollar deal like he wanted is gone, if we're being realistic. Unless sure. somehow Jerry Jones uh, somehow gets a heart, I don't see that happening. So, I think it's, I think it's complex. I mean, I I, I agree with you. I think you know he probably should have gotten the deal that he wanted. Now they offered him thirty-five million a year for a four-year deal, which would have made him the third highest-paid quarterback in the league, tied with Russell Wilson. Um, I don't think that he was a, the third best quarterback in the league coming into this year. So from that perspective, it might have been a fair offer. But you know, we've seen from precedent now, over and over, um, that the next guy to sign breaks the record, right? So right. the next guy who signs usually always. Right. Sets the record for the biggest deal. Now, you know, they offered him $35 million a year. I probably, you know, and, and Dak kind of, you know, maybe he, he looked at it and said, I think I'm worth 40 a year. I'm going to hold out. You know, he holds out. He kind of runs the risk, right? He gambled on himself. He took a bet. He said, I think I'm worth more. Let me gamble on myself. And I think I can prove that I'm worth exactly what I want. And through the first four or five weeks, he was doing just that, right? He uh, was if he would have continued this pace, he would have gotten probably more than what he wanted, whether from the Cowboys or somebody else. Uh, So he ran the risk. It did not work out for him. I think probably 
Um, Jerry Jones probably and Stephen Jones should have given him the deal he wanted just because of the precedent that has been set with every time there's a new quarterback deal, it breaks the record, right? Deshaun Watson is not the best quarterback in the league, but he's good. He broke the record when he signed. Pat Mahomes obviously is a different situation, but we see this right. over and over again. Matt Ryan, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like we always do that. So yeah. It sucks. It sucks for Dak. And, you know, maybe he still gets a deal from them, you know, sentimental value. I know Jerry Jones that you mentioned, he is a prick. And we know this over and over again from <laughs> all of the things that he's done, whether it's sexual harassment um, or supporting Donald Trump. We know that he is a prick and maybe he doesn't have it in him. But I think there is some sentimental value of giving him a deal afterwards anyway. And, and you know, if they base it off of these five games, they probably will. And I hope they do. Uh, now, Andy Dalton, I don't think is terrible, actually. I think that the Cowboys can still win the division with Andy Dalton. He looked pretty good on Sunday anyway. Um, you know, he always has been like an average quarterback who is capable of putting up pretty good numbers. Uh, if you remember, he had some pretty stellar fantasy seasons anyway. Uh, so I don't think that they're done because Dak is done. Uh, but it is an unfortunate situation and really was um, a tough one to watch, right? Like just watching it happen was one of the most gruesome injuries we've seen. Uh, so, so it's tough for everybody involved. It's tough for Dak. It's tough for Cowboy fans. I hope that they do end up honoring him and giving him a deal that he is worth, even when he comes back from a compound fracture. You know, that's not a torn Achilles, right? Like that actually heals properly and he should be okay to, to come back eventually. Um, so I hope so. Yeah. So, Let's talk about what this means for the Cowboys. Um, you know, it kind of, you know, makes sense why they spent a decent amount of money on bringing in Andy Dalton to give yeah. them a serviceable, you know, quarterback. But can the Cowboys win the NFC East with Andy Dalton under center? Yes, they can. They can? Yeah, they can. I mean, you know, maybe the AFC North, no. The NFC West, no. But the <laughs> NFC East, probably, yeah. Like, I just think, yeah, you know, they're going to have a lot of easy games on the schedule. Washington and, and the Giants, obviously, are not in play to win, right? It's them and the Eagles. And I don't think the Eagles have, while they've shown signs of being a good team, right? They beat uh, the 49ers. Now, we're probably looking at that 49er win a little bit differently after what happened to them on Sunday against Miami, right? We're probably yeah, looking at definitely. that a little differently. Uh, we're looking at the Steelers game as a positive for them, despite losing. Um, you know, I don't know if, if, if we're penciling them in to win this division here just because um, the, the Cowboys are with Andy Dalton. They still have a better record than the Eagles, right? So they're still chasing the Cowboys. I think Andy Dalton probably um, is not going to be enough, and I think the Eagles end up getting, I think, those head-to-head matchups are where it's going to be won. So I'll go with the Eagles, but I definitely don't think the Cowboys are out of it. Agreed. By the way, I'm still getting tweets about how bad that tweet was. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, fine. It, it never, it's never ending. Next topic. Yeah. Are the Browns real? Like, is are they for real? Oh, don't make me say it, man. Don't make me say it. Yeah, I think you have to. Well, here's the thing. You know, I think last year the biggest problem was the offensive line, and the offensive line has been unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Like, they went over and say really good Colts defense this week, and they just were better than them. Um, yeah. Both sides of the ball, really. And, and, you know, the Colts have issues, right? Where we could probably talk about Phillip Rivers. And, you know, if he's washed up and done, I think he probably was last year. And I don't know why they brought him in over Percent in the first place. Uh, but the Browns, I think we have to look at it and say that they're going to make the playoffs probably. I don't, you know, they obviously they're going to have some divisional games. They play the Steelers this weekend, which is actually a huge game, right? 4 0 versus. Four and one, so that's a big game. I think that's probably yeah. going to be the most telling game for the Browns, right? Because even looking at the games they've won, and, and, and yes, they beat this Colts team, and we like this Colts team, and we like this Colts team to win. Both of us picked the Colts to beat the Browns this weekend. Right. I think this was the worst we've seen for Rivers, right? We might have knew he was a little bit washed up, but man, was he terrible on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know for sure. And you know me. I'm slow with the trigger on these teams. I'm slow. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you really got to show me a lot before I say you're for real. So, so I think they're for real, like, they're probably one of the seven best teams in the AFC. They're probably going to make the playoffs. This weekend probably is going to be the biggest uh, telling. If you ask me next week, I'll tell you for a fact if they're for real there. <laughs> gotcha. So, which yeah, is what I, I mean, said last week. <laughs> which is exactly what you said last week, yeah. So, you know, I do think um, 
from a from a perspective of them making the playoffs, yes, they're you're absolutely for real. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pro- they're certainly a wild card first round exit type team, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're a Browns fan, that's like that, that's like a Super Bowl for you. Um, so you know, I think especially with the way they run the ball and how well their defense is playing for the most part, um, you know, those are all those are always recipes for winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but like you said, I think the Steelers games uh, and especially the one upcoming will tell us the most about how good this team is. Because when you think about it, right, the Steelers games and they, they play the Steelers twice and the Ravens twice throughout this year. If they want to make the playoffs, I don't think they can go 0-4 in those games. Right. You know, maybe they can and maybe squeak in at 9-7. and But I, I like their chances a lot better if they could steal one out of any of those four. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see, um, if next week is going to be, you know, that one, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to see them get Kareem hunt, uh, a few more touches on the ground. I'm not sure how many carries he finished with, but it was, uh, it was mostly late down the stretch. Them trying to close yeah. the game out is when they fed him a lot. Um, but if you're going to pay a guy seven, $8 million a year, whatever they're paying him, I, I think he's going to need some more touches. Um, the less Baker has to throw it, I think the better. But he has looked better, right. be, you know. With he has looked better because yeah. their running game is so yeah. good, right? So, um, you know, I think that that means a lot. So, the Browns are playoff for real. We'll we'll say for now. Yeah, I mean they're four and one, right? Like we can only talk so much shit because, right. like, you know, we might not like Baker that much. We might think that he's still inaccurate and he's little and he's not great at stepping up in the pocket. He does this thing where he kind of backs up and then runs out to his right almost half of the time yeah. uh, instead of stepping up. So I think, you know, we cannot like Baker Mayfield and them still be an okay team because of the offensive line, because of the run game. You know, we've seen this formula work for teams, yeah. at least to make the playoffs. So I, I don't think we can hate too much right now at 4-1. Yeah, not at all. Another team that is looking good so far. The Raiders win a shootout with the Chiefs. Like most teams (laughs) go in the games playing against the Chiefs. Like, Hey, we want to like ball control, Mm -hmm. keep their offense off of the field. They went toe to toe with the Chiefs, like offense versus offense and pulled off a big win. Does, does this mean something is, or is it just like Chiefs, Chiefs had a, you know, bad defensive game. I think the Chiefs just had a bad game personally. I don't, I don't, I mean, I like this Raiders team. I, I, you know, somehow John Gruden is all, you know, making us fans of his when we were all were just talking the most crap in the world when we signed that deal. Like somehow they're competitive and it's yeah. you know, pretty consistently competitive. They have down weeks. I think they're one of these teams that plays up to people and plays down to people. They're probably going to lose more than they win. Um, yeah. But the Chiefs, I think, yeah, I look at this and I'm like, okay, well, two weeks ago they had the big game Monday night against the Ravens, uh, which they showed up for. Last week they had the Patriots game, which uh, I know that this isn't the normal Patriots team, and that wasn't even the normal Patriots team with Cam Newton. They had uh, Hoyer and Stidham in there. Yeah. But I think any game against the Patriots, especially if you're the Chiefs and you lost to them in the AFC Championship two years ago, you look at that as a big game no matter who's playing quarterback. Uh, so Absolutely. they get it for that one. Then you have this Raider game tucked in between. And then you have the Bills next week who who are undefeated, and people are talking about them as one of the best teams in the AFC. So probably it was just a down week for the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, but I think if we look at the Raiders and we're saying seven teams are going to make the playoffs in the AFC, they could be one of them, right? They beat the Saints. Right. They beat the Chiefs yeah. now. Like, those are two good wins. Um, I just don't know if the defense is actually good enough or if it was just this game. Uh, yeah. I think probably they're going to give up a lot of points um, most of the weeks. The yeah. offense, you know, as much as Derek Carr shows good signs – 30% of the time. He also is bad a lot of the time, too. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, Ruggs looks like he came into his own a little bit this game. Yeah. Looks like this might have been a little coming out party for him. So we'll see if that can continue. But I'm probably um, not bullish on the Raiders. Yeah, I don't know if – I think they're a borderline, like, playoff team. I think they have the opportunity to do so for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so we'll see. I think Ruggs does add a different dimension because he can – take the top off of the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he only had two catches, but it's for 118 yards and a, and a touchdown, right? right like right, and right. fresh off of an injury where he hasn't played for two weeks and he catches a bomb on you. Like, and, and, you know, actually he was pretty doubtful coming into this game. No one really expected mm-hmm. him to play until game day. So um, I think he's a certain 
dynamic that they didn't have before as far as having that deep ball threat. And I think it makes Derek Carr look better. Like the biggest thing about him was that he was reluctant to throw it downfield. And maybe it's because he didn't have a Henry Ruggs. I don't yeah. know. Um, you know, but I, I'm not going to sit here and drink the Derek Carr Kool-Aid just yet. Um, you know, so Remember we'll see he how that turns out. He was going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that you know, that's, yeah, exactly. That so it, that's why yeah, we exactly. can't, we can't, uh, <laughs> we can, we can take a sip of the punch, but we shouldn't have our cups yeah. full on, on uh, Derek Carr just yet. So that wraps it up uh, for today's topics. Okay. Uh, so we appreciate you guys tuning in so far. Mike, what yep. uh, exciting things do we have going on with the All In Network? Lots of exciting things. Uh, you made a guest appearance on All In Politics. Great job by yeah, you man. there talking about the VP debate as well as Kamala Harris. You had a nice piece on the All In Network website, allinnetwork.net, about her record as a prosecutor, some of the misconceptions about that. Uh, so go to allinnetwork.net. You can check out his article. We've got other guys writing for us. Uh, pretty steady content on there as far as the blog. Uh, you can also find links to the other podcasts, All In with Rain and Bliss, All In Politics, which um, if you're not tuning into them pretty weekly here in the election cycle, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, so, yeah, lots going on. Make sure you are subscribed to this YouTube channel and you turn on that notification button so you know when we go live. Now, we have, before we sign off, we Ooh. have a late submission for a topic to discuss. Yeah. Would you rather have Russell or Patty? Now, who, do you, who are we talking about in Patty? I'm assuming Pat Mahomes. Oh, got it. Okay, so for Q, we're talking QBs. Okay, we're talking QBs. Yes, Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. I think it's uh, got to be Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I think the only answer there is Pat Mahomes. Like, and and Russell Wilson's incredible. Don't get me wrong. Well, he's number two for me. I mean, yeah, he's 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 certainly number two. And maybe if he was like six three, like Pat Mahomes, he's probably number one. But like you know, Pat Mahomes is incredible. Like he does some some things where you're like, why or how yeah. did he just do that? <laughs> No, he does. And I think Russell Wilson probably is second on that list. And if you asked me, you know, if you asked me who I'd rather have on my team now and going forward, the answer is probably Pat Mahomes. If you're asking me who I'd rather bet against, it's, it's also probably Pat Mahomes. I, I, Russell Wilson, I would never bet against no matter the situation because yeah. he pulls just as many plays out of his ass as Pat Mahomes does. Um, so, so this is a good question. It is one and two for sure. I'd go with Pat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So great question. Thank you for that submission. NBA mix mix maker 13 on our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, we go live every Monday and Fridays. Uh, we talk, well, NBA is over. That's pretty sad to actually say out loud, but uh, no, we'll be covering. We can start talking baseball. <laughs> I've Listen. been waiting patiently. Coop. <laughs> yeah, we got to We got to get into some, some playoff baseball. Um, especially down the stretch here. So we'll start adding that into the mix to replace our basketball content. Yeah. Uh, but we're here every Monday and Friday, uh, usually live at five. Sometimes that will change. We'll keep you guys updated on the socials. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at all underscore in underscore pod, Facebook and uh, Instagram. We're all in network. Uh, yep. You can find us on either of those as well. If you're listening on audio, don't forget to leave a rating. Uh, and make sure you write a review um, to help us pop up in searches, things like that. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, do us a favor, download the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere like that. Those all count as plays for us. Uh, so anything you do to support the podcast is greatly appreciated. And uh, again, this is episode 46 of the All In Podcast. Me and my guy, Mike Badzik, signing off. You guys have a great week. Peace.